Chapo had it right. Uh, Amber on Chapo grew up Protestant, and she's like, I remember when I had my first boyfriend, and he was Jewish. He said, won't your parents care I'm Jewish? And she just goes, no, it's not like you're fucking Catholic. It's all the Protestants care about. I'm aware of that as someone who grew up in an Irish Catholic family. Uh, Sorry, we have to kill each other now. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> like, so we have a Protestant, a Catholic, and a Jew on a podcast. And they all walk into a bar and go, <laughs> ow, into a mic. podcast that will not let you die alone i'm your host fletcher arnett and with me is chris and matt i'm back and today we're talking about cyborg 009 the cyborg soldier he's back in outer space (laughs) this is not rocket man (laughs) yeah you know if if there were rocket men in this show things would have ended a little differently it's true Episodes 43 through 49. This is actually the finale of the television series. Boom. Which was a surprise to me. Wait. Was I supposed to watch another episode? Isn't it 48? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I did the numbering when I expected that the clip show was on this. Oh, okay. And it is not. Because there right. were technically 52 episodes of this series. Okay. Uh, because also our Discord message says 48. So all of a sudden I was very confused. Yeah, I was going off the very original draft of this I took before we started doing any research. Uh-huh. Yeah, My I bad. did so much research for this. Episode. Yeah, you did so <laughs> much research for this. I was being actually, sarcastic. Wait. I did absolutely none. Wait, actually, you did more this week. You've told me. Yeah, we'll I spent a whole 30 minutes copying and pasting a, l- a list of things from Wikipedia without formatting and then deleting some lines. <sighs> yeah, if it works for you. Uh, we're going to kick off with episode 43, Cataclysm. Uh, the cold open is nothing but brutal. Pterodactyls roar out of a volcano and start ruining the world, destroying planes, jets, landmarks, theme parks. Everything must go. It's it's very funny that they, when they showed Sydney, because the first thing you see is, I think, Sydney, Australia, like the opera house, and then they go blow up a bunch of uh, Qantas planes, and you know they are actual Qantas planes. Like, they have the logo on it and everything. It's just another color. Yep. I hate this. I would, really? I would think this was cool if I, this was clearly not just reusing all of the animation from the shitty dinosaur episode. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title screen comes up after all the carnage, and it declares this is the opening of the Yomi, the Underground Empire arc, which is how we are. A surprisingly low amount of strategy in the Yomi arc. Yeah, you are uh, kind of not outthinking anyone at any point in this. 
the lizards are the ones who have the biggest amount of strategy until the very end. <laughs> and even mm-hmm. then they fuck it up. Uh, so at the UN, tensions are rising because everyone is starting to go, are these someone's secret weapon? Did another country decide to attack themselves as cover because we don't know who these came from? I mean, the U.S. only had an amusement park attacked. That could just be a cover. And Did you recognize the which park that was? I, I didn't go look it up, but I'm like, it looks familiar. I'm just going to go with Six Flags. Jokes on jokes on you, them blowing up a theme park is representative of blowing up our democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we have proved during the past few months of Florida, yes. <laughs> oh, God. So, at the bungalow, the cyborgs watch the news, as always, and everyone suspects the obvious, as always. Mm-hmm. They're watching uh, the news, and on the broadcast, the uh, the doctor from Computopia is there acting as an expert and uh, basically says that, oh, yeah, these are definitely not natural creatures. Uh, I, I did not expect to see this guy again. That was a, a fun surprise. Uh, and he still looks just as hairy as before. Yeah, tiny little dust bunny man talking on TV. He would be mm-hmm. a Fox News talking head. I definitely <laughs> think that was CNN based on the Chirons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're so these uh, these creatures. They're really destructive because they are emitting super ultrasonic waves, which crumble <laughs> bu- buildings and break down living tissue. According to the doctor, I'm so glad and, they finally uh, came up with physics too. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I might have just started listing these as ultrasonic waves throughout the rest of the notes because fuck typing that every time. That's so dumb. <laughs> They call it ultrasonic waves later. Yes, I know. Yeah, but the thing is also, the reason when we find out what's the deal with these creatures, it makes even less sense to me that yep. that they're like they can do this uh, anyway. So Gilmore cautions that it doesn't have to be Black Ghost, and he uh, says there's a company on the rise named Mitsutomo Engineering that is looking pretty suspicious. Uh, and it seems that they've been developing and selling ultrasonic wave tech to multiple countries as weapons. Uh, Yeah, and therefore the only leap from that to uh, these creatures is that there's a biological aspect to it, which is something, you know, we've seen before, you know, mixing biological and uh, technology. Yep. Well, omitting the part that they're also dinosaurs. They're also dinosaurs. Yes, they're also dinosaurs. Uh, uh, yeah, they've, and all the dinosaurs they've seen have been fake so far. <laughs> uh, so they dispatch three different teams. Um, Chang and uh, GB go to trail the CEO, Van... Why are we going to say Voigt? Voigt? Okay, I so... I forget how to pronounce this. Here is the worst thing. This name is spelled Van Vogt, V-O-G-T. Every pronunciation of it in English and Japanese will refer to him as Vagoot or Bagoot. That's annoying. Yes. Cyborgs need to get out the voked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. However y'all want to pronounce it, go nuts. Does, I will... Hold up. I hate saying Bagoot. Does Joe punch Vagoot. that guy so he can say he rocks the vote? Uh-huh. <laughs> We'll just call him Voight. I don't give a shit. That's easy. Yeah, let's let's Voight. go with Van Voight. Yeah, Voight, Voight sounds better. Uh, so yeah, they're going to go Voight figure out what's uh, <laughs> Van Voight's deal. And uh, Francois and Joe are going to investigate the weapons factory. 
and Punma, G Jr., and Albert are going to uh, confront the creatures themselves for intel. And uh, there's a little comedy beat here where uh, Jet complains that he's stuck hanging out with Gilmore, uh, who says, oh, you could just fly anywhere you need to be, so at least stay here in case we need to be defended. Joe could do that! That motherfucker could run on water! Yeah, yeah, I but know. like, Yeah, but like sending Francois out without Joe? Come on. Yeah, can you imagine Team Francois and Jet? They get yeah. each other's throats on the flight over. I mean, look, through these episodes, they definitely clash. It's better than Francois, like, randomly suddenly being jealous of every woman Joe interacts with out of nowhere. That's not sudden, dude. Like, oh, I thought so she sudden. felt that way in the in the the one with the, uh, the, oh, God, what's her name? The princess in uh, South America. Yeah. Yeah, like, she was showing a little bit of that jealousy kind of vibes there, too. So, like, it's not the first time. <laughs> well, in my defense, that episode was awful, and I forgot it existed. Yeah. Yeah. Cabricon. Team CEO finds out that Voight's at home and not at the company and sets off to follow that lead. Uh, Team Weapons goes, they're building something, but we don't know if this is Black Ghost. So then they decide to come back to the factory at night. Uh, we see Van Voigt watching them from the very normal surveillance system that they seem mystified by. Uh, I do love that. They're like, no, those are just cameras like a factory would have. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they expect them to have lasers or something. <laughs> well, the funny thing is that they, they see these cameras and they're just like, yeah, they're, as if they weren't going to be seen on them. I mean, Joe's probably used to not showing up on cameras when he moves it half the speed of light. Joe's the only uh -huh. person who could do the John Cena for real. Oh my mm. god. <laughs> uh, in the jungle, team contact heads for the dormant volcano that the beast uh, emerged from, according to the locals. G Jr. already senses something abnormal as they approach. Uh, while killing time before evening, three mooks hop out of a van and recognize Joe, their orphans he grew up with. There's nothing very suspicious at all, given... Uh, what happened to the orphanage you know it's very normal for mm -hmm. children to show up 20 years later after they supposedly burned to death in a fire yeah um well no th these are the ones that uh were sent away supposedly to black ghosts over time right no because these three remained there after the place burned down which is why they were all together they were talking about how oh. joe when we're all adults we can leave here and then joe got arrested oh i i yeah i thought in the timeline, that was, like, when they were kids, like, really, really little kids, and then later on, they all got shipped off in different places, and then no. Joe was left, and then things got caught on fire. It, it, the timeline's not super clear, to be honest. It's not terribly important. Yeah, these but, were yeah. the three ugly orphans who didn't get adopted before the place burned down with the priest dying. They totally forgot about the dude with the scar on his nose. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was the... Wasn't that the fat kid? Who was the giant no. robot? Yeah, that's the one no. where they're talking about the assassin who worked with them at that point. Stab, or whatever his knife-like name was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, see? Shank. Shank, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't know. Like, It's very funny how it's like they bring in these characters that they hadn't introduced at all before, and they completely forgot the one other orphanage dude who showed up like in season one. I mean, that guy didn't get a job at Mitsutomo. <laughs> yeah lucky lucky him all three of them work at mitsutomo and they borrow joe to go show him the house they made for themselves and a model train for some reason 
Uh, Francois excuses herself from the invite and then immediately calls Jet for backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do like that you are upset by loner kids having a model train set. Like, if you got an engineering job and salary out of nowhere, wouldn't you go nuts with your stupid hobbies, too? No, actually, what I'm mostly upset about is how this is played for tragedy when Joe literally spends zero time with them. He never even arrives at their house the entire time that we're supposed to assume he emotionally bonded is about ten minutes in the car. For what it's worth, we do arrive at the house because otherwise how could it burn down with the train inside? Well, that's later. <laughs> that's, symbolism. That's later. Okay. Because the fight happens yeah, yeah. before that. Yeah, I mean, what? they probably could have made it easier. Yeah, I think it would have been storyboarded better if they put it in the house. But then again, they probably wouldn't have done such an, as much of a fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. So in the middle of the drive out there, Joe basically tips his hand that he knows this is a trap. And so the three pull over. Everyone walks out to the beach, where the trio reveal they were redesigned for the sole purpose of killing Joe. One is now a porcupine man, the second is guns, 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 my body is guns, and the third is a robotic cat woman who is weirdly retro horny. These are the Why worst is she a cat girl. These are the worst robot designs of all time. You have a JoJo's Justice reject, a guy with spikes whose only move is to try to body slam you, and then electric cat girl to be well, fair yeah, electric that... cat girl is like seven different series that i can think of no she's just a shitty robot master fletcher please <laughs> i was more making a joke about all-purpose cultural cat girl nuku nuku but that's a real thing oh Go ahead a thing I, that's a, that's a thing every, we both definitely have in common with you good reference i i have no idea what that is yeah nobody who wasn't watching anime in the 90s does well, no, it's going in the show notes. Only boomers will remember this. Uh, I will have you know uh. that I take deep, deep <laughs> offense at that as the person who remembered that. Wait, there has to be, there, wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. So if you were born in like the mid to late 80s and you're a weeaboo, does that make you a weeaboomer? Yeah, definitely. If you were born in the late 80s and in Ireland, you're a weeaboomer. <laughs> okay, okay. This episode is going to be roasted on Fletcher. I can see how this goes. Okay, sure. We'll do this. I'm really proud. I'm really proud of that one, to be honest. Honestly, for someone who threw down a title candidate before the show started, you are just continually one-upping yourself today. Look, that title candidate is great. I know, but so is Wee Boomer. Because if anything is going to catch people off guard, it's what the hell happened there? <laughs> uh, there are a lot of exploding things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> these episodes. Speaking of things that are going just as well as this podcast is for me, the jungle has gone horrendously wrong for our heroes as a massive crocodile beast ambushes the trio. Puma tries to leap out of the water and sneak attack it, but his body is literally disintegrated by ultrasonic waves. It's pretty messed up for what you see on camera, as you can oh, suddenly yeah. see through him. I do like that later. There's that he's oh, he was only a little disintegrated. I, I thought he was dead. Like I swear to God, I thought they were just going to actually kill a character here. They should have. Yeah. Well, maybe they should have, but maybe maybe not Punma. 
<laughs> well, you should yeah, not have died first. True. Um, whatever happens to him, we don't see anything beneath his shoulders as he goes into shock and we cut away. So, back on the beach, Joe nearly lets himself be killed by this trio of dipshits when the orphans reveal that this is not their choice. However, Jet and Francois, who is pretty ice-cold with a ray gun during this period, intervenes. Francois is not a pacifist during this arc. Yeah, oddly. You know, ray guns are not cool. One of the no. one of the biggest problems with this show is it's not cool when someone gets shot with a ray gun from out of frame, like it is with a bullet. That's fair. And the funny thing is, like, they also have bullets. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you have the psychics who stopped bullets. You know, obviously, like, you have Albert in his robot head. They, ha- they have laser Kalashnikovs in Atlantis. Uh-huh. I know, right? Yeah, thing, things are going to start getting wilder. But oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> amidst the chaos, Gunboy shoots the cat, Mary, and the trio retreat. Joe tells his partners that, I gotta finish this alone. There's a little sequence here where Francois's like, uh, do you, do you know how bad an idea that is? You almost got murdered, and it's like, uh, I think the look on his face says he does. Thinking about <laughs> Gunboy in a tank top, sun's out, gun's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't yep. described. Uh, you probably got the mental image of the other two from a porcupine robot and a retro robot cat lady, but Gunboy is literally, he just whips off his shirt and his whole body is holes that fire ammunition. It looks very unintimidating, actually. Well, it's because he has they're in the they're in the like his this this outside of his arm, so he has to put his arms up like he's gonna punch somebody. Yeah. But he just holds it there and looks so dumb. Yeah, yeah. He, you, he, it looks like he's on guard, like wait, waiting to get hit. If you look at this dude and then look at any shot of Albert throughout the series, you go, you know, I think this is a downgrade compared to the original model. <laughs> You, you can imagine that the rifling isn't very good on all those barrels there. But also, Albert has dumb poses. Because they do, like, the traditional hold your gun up to the side against your chest pose, but it's him holding his other arm, which looks fucking ridiculous. Well, you gotta be able to, you know, it's really dumb to actually put a gun at, like, the end of an arm just because of how you handle recoil. Like, that's yeah. gotta be really difficult. I would imagine it's unpleasant. Uh-huh. Uh, so the three of them wait at their house because they know that Joe will come back for them, and they all meet outside when he arrives. Nobody is thrilled about this confrontation. At this point, even the orphans are starting to cry. But from a distance, we see Van Voigt push a button. The trio knock Joe back and huddle together. The last thing they do on Earth is give our boy a smile as they all detonate in sequence. Inside. We did skip the part where the uh, where the girl is like crying out to like draw. Um, we skipped like, it because with, it's like, trash. things. Yeah, it, it comes to nothing. She, but it's Mary... really irritating. <laughs> she does it for so long. Yeah, Mary is long, screaming in her wounds on the ride back to their house, and it summons cats. This is Cats we... twenty nineteen, but a little less musical. <laughs> Only a little. Only a little. There's less buttholes. No, all Meanwhile, the buttholes are on the arms. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Welp. Um, like a Play-Doh fun factory. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, the, the really 
desperate and ham-handed part of the emotional manipulation is where every little thing that they built together in their lives and bragged to Joe about burns in the house. We cut to the train. We cut to photos of the three of them. It's real. The train doesn't melt. The glass doesn't crack. They do literally nothing with it. You're just looking at still shots very slowly zooming in. Under fire. You know, honestly, I wasn't sure if they were going to be like, oh, yeah, these are actually his former, you know, friends. Or are these just people constructed to look like them and and act like them? Because, like, you know, it just seems like a thing. Like, if they could recognize, oh, yeah, these are people that Joe would care about. We can create fake versions of them and bait them and have complete control over them. So, like, the thing is, Black Ghost would never do something like that because it would involve less human misery than making the actual ones into a weapon. Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't think they've done a single doppelganger plot throughout this whole show, despite the fact that they made GB a shape-shifting robot. You got a point there. That seems like it'd be a very powerful thing if they could do it. Back in Japan, the jungle team has rushed Punma back to the only man who could save him, a scrubs-clad Gilmore. There's a nasty detail here where the only thing you see outside of a white sheet is Punma's head, and his body underneath is incredibly small. God knows what they managed to save of this dude. Mm-hmm. Near the factory, Joe, Francois, and Jet have regrouped. There are no clues in the rubble, but a woman stumbles by and collapses at their feet. Francois confirms she's human, and all anyone can say is, Alright, but how did she just show up here? And we cut to black. As the laziest asset reuse of all time what the same character five of them times they have one different colored circle on their head (laughs) i mean like i think they they put more effort into like yeah and to be fair also they at least have three different kinds of outfits unlike everybody else in the in yomi yes anyhow episode 44 van voigt yeah so uh most of the team regroups at the bungalow the uh, factory team learns uh, about uh, Punma's uh, ill fate as the uh, the jungle team asks, uh, who is this girl with the weird eyes? And uh, <laughs> their response was, oh, she's not the enemy, uh, we, we think. Uh, meanwhile, that evening, GB and Chang find themselves outside of Van Voigt's mansion. They GB is going on about how tasteless it is that he built such a mansion off of uh, the misery of uh, other people with war profiteering. They say and, coming uh, Chang... from their military industrial cyber jet with uh-huh. yeah, with their sick war robot bodies. Yeah, like th- there's some irony there, but it's also I I, I think they do an okay job having a like Chang like not put up with GB shit. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoy GB and Chang trying to pretend to be black market arms seekers throughout this whole plot because they're so bad at it and it keeps making me laugh. I mean, he's supposed to be an actor. They bust into the front door of Mitsutomo and they talk to the secretary like, we need to speak to your boss about an arms deal, but we can't say anything on the record. Where's he at? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we can't tell you who we are. We can't tell you who we're representing. We can't tell you anything. We just need to meet your boss. Well, the thing is, is that they pretend that they're from, like, the factory as though they would not recognize the people who run it. They're like, we got to talk to them now or it'll cause a problem on the line. Yeah. It's that's so dumb and I love it because at uh-huh. every point it's like, 
you are making all the worst decisions you could do here. And yet it yeah. never fails them. <laughs> um, yeah, somehow they, they are not completely ruined. Inside of uh, the mansion, Van Voigt is waiting, and there is a woman beside him in shadow who may look somewhat familiar. Back of the house, Albert is incredibly suspicious of uh, this woman, and he does not back down when he finds out that he's... Uh, he does eventually back down when he finds out he's in the minority, but uh, he makes Francois promise to watch her uh, with your gun out at all times. And uh, everyone is caught up on how the... On the oh, okay, sorry. I misread that. Everyone gets caught up on the now-dead creature that was fought by the jungle team. For, uh, a, Francois for a real alligator, it took a missile to the jaw pretty well. Yeah. And the weird thing is it just it just kind of looks like it has holes in it as if it were like plastic or metal or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah, looks yeah. a little off. <laughs> uh, but uh, Francois confirms uh, there are no surgeries, no implants. It's completely biological and uh, which is crazy because it shoots ultrasonic. Sorry. Super ultrasonic waves. And that freaks everybody out because this is completely not what they expected. It's interesting how super hearing makes you uh, able to detect surgical implants. Well, so, she has x-ray vision. Yeah, she does have all her senses enhanced. Mm. I mean, maybe not taste, but that, that's, that's going to come up in the finale. <laughs> hanging out with Joe. <laughs> um, uh, finally, uh, Helen, who is the woman they picked up, uh, is led to a guest bedroom where Francois makes another super ice-cold move of, you know, just casually cleaning her gun as uh, she waves the woman in. <laughs> I did laugh at that because it's so over the top. Well, the thing is, she's, like, so... Tr well, yeah, like, she's so trusting of Helen. Like, oh, no, I really believe that she's, you know, she's not doing anything nefarious. But I'm just going to hold this out just in case. Yeah. Meanwhile, in uh, Van Voigt's garden, Chang and GB see some surreal creatures. Uh, finally, Voigt steps out of the brush to confront them. They claim to be interested in his weapon dealings, but can't make a move in public. Uh, and then he goes, I have a front door, you know. Did you see one? Nope. Uh, Van, <laughs> Van Voigt just says, you leave now, we're even. I don't think any of us want the police involved. Uh, they turn like they're going to leave, make a comment about his strange pet, and they just begin shooting at them with a rifle. Uh, mm -hmm. They, like, jump over a bush, and then Van Voigt, like an idiot, just assumes they leave and begins having a conversation with evil Helen and says that the end have come for the cyborgs. The comedic caper ends and we cut over the cast. The cyborgs are pacing outside of the operating room where uh, Gilmore is working on, uh, by working on, I mean, mutilating Punma. Helen is asleep and <laughs> Gilmore works through the night. Day breaks. Gilmore finally leaves the room and tells them it was a success. Punma is going to be fine. And inside the room, everyone hears Punma scream. <laughs> so we cut in. Mm -hmm. And he's looking in a mirror, and the only remaining human bits of him is from the neck up. He looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon now, covered in scales and gills, webbed limbs. He got turned into Aquaman. Basically, Basically. this would be an Aquaman design, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Gilmore is not reading the room. He's going on about how improved Punma is, the alloys he used, the things this new body can do. All my friends and, who struggle with if they're still human or not because of what I did to them are going to love this. Yeah. And, 
<laughs> Everyone is looking on in horror or disgust at the old man. Uh, Punma, like, flees the room in tears, and everyone's just like, not cool, Gilmore. <laughs> so... Yeah. The aftermath is pretty grim because Punma's just alone on the beach and Joe confronts the doctor in his room and he has fallen off the wagon hard over mad science. Uh, this is a near direct quote. I just wanted to make him stronger. I want to make you all stronger. Joe, I could make it so your life is never in danger again. A body like steel. I'm a scientist. This is all I can do to help you. And... I don't know, man. I feel like there's lots of other shit you could do to help humanity. I know, right? Yeah, uh-huh. this, is, this is literally the one thing that nobody was asking for. What's that? You need a cure for sick cancer? Got it. Enjoy your robot body. <laughs> Technically yeah. correct. It cured the cancer. <laughs> Hell, this arc is literally that one panel of Spider-Man everyone quotes. I don't want to cure cancer. I want to make dinosaurs. <laughs> so good. Yes. Wait, I that, can't believe that's real. Is that in a it, Spider-Man? That is a Spider-Man comic, yeah. He's confronting, um, I forget the villain, but the little pteranodon-headed weirdo from the Savage Land. The only Spider-Man comic I ever read was the very special episode about family molestation. I knew you were going to say that when you said (laughs) Spider-Man and very special episode, because that one's pretty infamous. (laughs) Did they hand that one out in your school, too? No. What? Oh, that actually was handed out in my classrooms. So, on the shore, Albert and Punma have a brief talk, and the German tells the Mwamba that, you know, maybe think about how you feel about the body later, because I know how I felt when it saved my life at first, and that's why I haven't thrown that second chance away in these 50 years. Look, I respect this guy's attitude. (laughs) He knows what he wants. I think it's the right thing to tell the guy who's grappling with this right now. So... Finally, um, the uh, the comedy duo return to the bungalow, and they walk in, and so they go, holy shit, it's you at the sight of Helen. And before this can progress further, uh, figures appear out on the beach. It's Van Voigt and a troop of cyborg men. Uh, uh, okay, also, like, 300 sharks. Yes. I, I was getting there. <laughs> There's so many robot sharks here. Just yeah, don't I, go in the look, ocean! What What is the point of it? It's that they can reuse the same missile shark animation. Yeah, the for point three of it episodes. is, is yeah. we have about three minutes extra to fill on this episode. I already know, but fuck off. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, also, you know, they got a fight in the water. I mean, Punma just got his uh, got a scalies. What if there wasn't Punma? So yeah, uh, Francois like detects them. Says there's twenty on land. There's ten in the sea. There's way more than ten in the sea. I'm sure. If yeah, you count I know. It. I don't um, think she's counting the sharks. No, uh, Voigt, Voigt himself is also a cyborg, uh, and the house is just completely surrounded. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, these, these are the robot sharks. They have missiles. You'll, you're going to see those missiles get launched a few times. Uh, more and more temp animation is starting to show through at this point. Jet's feet are now just sitting on orange discs in midair for the entirety of this fight. <laughs> uh, so... The tide turns on the main fight here as uh, 009 takes on Van Voigt himself and 008 turns the shark fleet into nothing. And I, I actually thought like the way they showed that was pretty cool. And it's like the only time he's going to actually use his new abilities. Yeah, they got to spend all the money they have left. So here's the thing that 
uh, I did not mention because we got distracted with the dinosaur thing for a second. Um, you have to realize how completely stupid Gilmore is, not only to be experimenting on these people without consent again, which I'm sure is part of the upsetting thing, but also this is literally him taking advice on what to do from Gamo Whiskey. <laughs> this is the shit he was telling him last time. Why aren't you making them stronger, you little pussy? Yeah, yeah, I didn't get to say anything about Gamo Whiskey, but fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I still can't believe they decided to give him a redemption arc in this anime. I mean, honestly... I, I don't know if they call it, you call it a full redemption. Are you telling like, me? But they definitely try, like, at the last second to be, like, make I him know, sympathetic. Yeah. And it's like, Are you no, telling me no, this no, anime do might not be ideologically coherent? I'm telling you that Maybe. anime does not know what a good father is. Oh. That is... Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Like, name me one good dad in all of anime. Jonathan Joestar. Um, Ty from Ruby seems okay. I don't know. I just started watching that show like a week ago and I like binged the whole thing, so now I'm current. The dad from 0079 who made the Gundam. <laughs> no. Also, yeah. I do find it wild that we just made an entire alternate universe where his wife is a fucking steampunk dominatrix. That's weird. Oh my. That's real. That just happened. Does it count if he's like your surrogate dad? Like All Might? I wouldn't know, but I will accept All Might. I've heard people say similar things about All that Might's character. a great dad. Also, how are we all forgetting the obvious in Piccolo? Piccolo well, is a very bad father. He shoots, his, a, he shoots a, his child with eye lasers. <laughs> he, he, he's an okay guardian slash teacher. Have you seen the scene where he shoots Gohan with eye lasers, by the way? Yes. Like, you forget that he has them, and it happens so fast that it's extremely funny. I mean, if there's one thing that Toriyama can be very good at, it's you forget that X, and it's extremely funny. <laughs> Anyhow, in the midst of all the carnage on the beach, the house is just being shelled. Francois loses Helen in the flames as she, Ivan, and Gilmore get to a shelter under the building. We see Helen stumble out of the fire, coughing into her evil twin. But on shore, Van Voigt is a brutal foe who has powers that will never get used again, where he turns invisible, <laughs> absorbs the energy of laser shots, and also accelerates, while he can disperse massive amounts of electricity from his body as defense and a weapon. Boy, the poison. This would have been really useful... <laughs> the final confrontation with him, huh? Yeah, the yep. poison spitting, huge downgrade. Uh, I don't think the... Yeah, yeah. I just realized what you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, huge downgrade from this other cooler guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, Van Voigt would have been a much better final boss. But no. I'd agree. Actually, the real final boss is humanity. <laughs> Lol. You know, I kind of suspected you were going to be mad about that reveal. Oh, so stupid. You think? So. Yeah. We'll get there. Save your rage. Ah, the sun rises. Uh, Van Voigt uh, retreats after Chang and GB fling a mini-sub into him. 
and everyone regroups just before Francois goes to apologize to Joe for getting Helen killed. The two Helens appear atop a cliff in everyone's sight, and we end. It takes us into episode 45, Goodbye Dolphin. Um, if you already said that, you can edit out you saying it. Uh, I did. <laughs> so I this, waited for one of you. So this episode does not begin with the heroes. This episode starts with a slow pan under the ocean, through a cavern, and into a glowing green rock city, where chained humanoids in togas march under whip-wielding reptiles with peck tits. Yeah, they got like pecks like Polar F, my guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The humans are the poor workers. Soul lizards. Yeah, and the reptilians, the thanians, also... You know what, I'm not going to say that. Uh, apparently the reptilians have... <laughs> really glad I didn't say that reading this follow-up. Yeah. <laughs> apparently the reptilians have mind control beams. Uh, except before they can make the rebels slit their own throats, the cavern's roof blows up and just robots on skiffs pour in. Uh, mm-hmm. These are, as the reptiles claim, the Darg, and so they retreat. Wait, are they... What? Is the Darg a thing? No, they just say that and it never comes up again. Okay. Yeah, because these are black ghost robots. Uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. they reveal that ten seconds later. Amidst the robots, a craft decloaks. Van Voigt declares that black ghost has freed the poor workers. Shoutouts. Uh, by, the, by the way, uh, like at least in the subtitles, the workers is spelled with a U. Yeah, yeah. I was not and writing a, that down. Imagine, <laughs> it bothers me every time. Imagine loving Israel so much that you find a new oppressed people to liberate <laughs> instead. All I'm saying is that this seems much farther away. Christ. Uh, <sighs> <sighs> Uh, all they have to do in gratitude is work alongside Black Ghost to create McMansions in the Gaza Strip. Uh, <laughs> there is a line which is very, very close to work shall set you free dropped here. Uh, they're creating a giant demon statue. Um, yeah. And this is when we cut back to the Helen and not Helen telling the cyborgs what is happening underground. Gilmore says uh, that. What they say makes sense. Uh, the beasts are nothing like uh, does it they see on the surface. Yeah, I know. It's just like <laughs> Gilmore's got I mean, full it, it, mad science brain. Let him have this. Yeah, like, like I, I get that. Like, all right, if they're going to be all organic, they might as well be from you know a completely different uh, stratum of the Earth that they've never had contact with at all. Um, but there, yeah, apparently there's this whole um, underground uh, area that like has oceans and deserts and lava sometimes, uh, and an entire parallel evolution of creatures that apparently all can submit ultrasonic waves people were so unimaginative in the 40s they're like what if what if there's a land inside the earth what would that be like it would be just like the other earth but inside of it in their defense mm-hmm. 60s yeah whatever when was journey to the center <laughs> of the earth written which is what this is 1800s okay yeah take that yeah yeah i'm gonna pretend it was the 1840s that way i'm right I'm going to mm-hmm. look this up while Matt's reading. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, Helen and her now uh, named younger sister, Vina, are of the uh, Pua workers. Uh, Vina was at Voight's side to spy on the cyborgs as their bloodline have uh, telepathic links. And apparently this is just a thing that happened because of uh, <laughs> eugenics. Big, by the, uh, big by the, jerk-off by the motion, men. by the way. 
Yeah. Also, by the way, who's big dick in you now, Chris? 1864. Well, well. It's still the 60s. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to say is I'm going to say, okay, Justin, happy with technically correct? Yes. <laughs> You're not taking a victory away from me. I have coffee and the correct internet. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I feel much better yeah. after that now. Yeah, I'm awake. Yeah. But anyway, the point is that uh, Helen was given like hypnotic amnesia and was used basically as a security camera to also we may as well just cover it now the amnesia ends one episode from the end of the series and comes to nothing yeah there's no point in the amnesia at all they could have in fact it would have been more interesting if she didn't have amnesia i know right Uh uh-huh amnesia is a bad narrative tool it is really only good when you need to introduce a character to the player or the viewer who has not had any grounding in this fantastical world, so they discover it at the same time you do. And then eventually, you give us their past, and then you go on with things as normal. No, that's worse. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's worse, because then they don't have any character development. It's so shitty. That's the reason I said you cut that after the introduction. What I'm, saying. what I'm saying is that having a van was the right choice. So there are three more of these uh, siblings in addition to Vina and Helen in the underground empire of Yomi. And currently Black Ghost has moved their headquarters there because it's so far off the map, it'll never be threatened. Unless uh, two rebelling uh, Pua workers uh, lead our heroes there. They seem distinctly not of the working class. They're, well, they definitely have been separated out and treated differently because of... But the thing is, like, why okay, them? Okay, so... I have questions. Okay, go for it, because I have a horrible answer for you you haven't realized. The, the horrible answer is, uh, what, he finds them attractive and is using them as sex slaves? No, it's that they were... The women were kept for breeding yeah, they when they were food. That. Oh, that too. Uh, yeah, that's why they're not out in the fucking streets, because they were basically just being used as baby factories. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, but not now that... yeah, Right, but then now that uh, Van Voigt is there... We don't really know how long Van Voigt has been in control of Yomi. You think they would just kind of fall out after, like, ten of them? <laughs> what? Yeah. No, that's not wrong. Well, well here's the thing. It, they're having more than one at once... Every time. Okay. Not at exactly Five the to same eight time. Is Fuck what off, gets thrown around. <laughs> I'm, I'm it's not saying, like a like, shotgun like... blast. <laughs> I didn't say. I didn't mean to imply. Okay. It could actually work that way, given that we do later see poor workers start spewing flames from their noses. Actually, like a hot dog down a hallway. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just saying, their biology is just as weird as all the creatures we see. We just see less of it. Yeah, there's just, like, there's the one uncomfortable line where Voight refers to them as his cute assistants, and I just made me shudder. And I'm like, no, he didn't have to do I that. I definitely read that, given his casual sadism, as just being like, I want to make everyone as uncomfortable as possible. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely a strategic play, but... yeah. It's still like you still uh, you still used it, and yeah, like you don't see it. yeah you do only don't see any other women. So Albert uh, is pretty overt about not trusting either of the 
his, his suspicion of Helen is now uh, completely confirmed. So he's, he actually confronts them, saying, uh, so your siblings underground are the ones who are monitoring us. Uh, however, everyone else agrees that they're not going anywhere. Uh, you know, these people, they've lost their home, nearly their lives. Uh, and they have a shot at the top brass, and they're going to take it. So they basically say, fuck it, we'll do it live. Yeah. Yeah. The, and underground, the remaining three sisters are indeed serving Voight, but uh, they do have doubts. And uh, his call- callousness towards Helen's life and Vina's uh, likely honest desire to break free, actually free, are moving them. Uh, Vina is a very Chris Taylor character in that her whole arc is wanting quite open freedom for her people, not just this chattel slavery shit to Black Ghost. Wow. Glad to know my defining trait is that maybe slavery isn't cool. (laughs) It's either that or seeing anti-Semitic ghosts where there aren't always some. Look, (laughs) Elhazard was extremely anti-Semitic. So was Angel Cop. Yeah, Angel Cop definitely was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yikes. The dolphin descends into a dormant undersea volcano, the sole path to Yomi. You could practice a lot, I guess. Um, Vina has concocted a lie with her siblings. The dolphin is going the next day. Unfortunately, one of them has broken under the stress and snitched. The forces waiting for them are insane. A full undersea fleet of reused missile sharks and cyborg men behind those. And they infiltrate the ship when the hull is breached by the missile sharks. It isn't even... That's what I said, the missile sharks. I, I'm just repeating missile sharks because we've said it so many times. Yeah, it's really it funny. Uh, uh-huh. it, is, it should it, be cool. It's not. I know. Every, I know. Bro, there's an episode where they fucking fight dinosaurs, turn into giants, and have a fist fight with each other, and it sucks. I know. Yeah. I know. It should be cool, is all I'm saying. It isn't even the battle or the hole damage that sinks the dolphin in the end. It's a bomb on the engine. Everyone, the twins included, rushes to the mole. Actually, isn't that the... Oh, yeah. Okay. Rushes to the mole to try to eject and uh, push on. The dying state of the ship means that the clamp won't eject it, so Vina, then Vina and Albert, leave the ship to manually eject it instead of Punma, whose only attribute is can swim good. Uh, She's prepared to die knowing she can't swim for the mole, but he simply grabs her, goes, take a deep breath, and leaps. As it seems they might not make it, Pudma shoots himself out of the mole to do his only job and collects the pair. He, he uh, Albert does drop the, like, basically said, uh, yeah, he, he, has, he has a pithy line, uh, high-maintenance woman. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. A very ironic, Albert. Uh, yeah, no shit. Also, yeah, no who makes the emergency release lever so hard to pull? You know... It is Black Ghost. If you told me that someone was told to, like, make this incredibly hard for laughs, I'd believe it. Just there for OSHA compliance. Yeah. The crew watch the dolphins sink into the icy depths as they slowly continue on, sitting du- sitting ducks inside a tiny tank, diving into the sea. With that, we come to... I'm honestly going to rush through this because this is such a filler piece in the middle of this arc. Number 46, To the Depths of the Earth. In Yomi, the two remaining sisters slowly realize Daphne has turned on them and is feeding Voight intel. Elsewhere in the city, she is leading him to the cyborgs and the mole. 
Their descent is risky but peaceful until suddenly a massive football-shaped drill bursts out of a wall and begins ramming them, Voight behind the controls. The encounter is quick and brutal. The mole capsizes in lava and the crew are split in two as the earth crumbles beneath them. Normally, this is where everyone would make their way to the city and regroup, except there's one tiny issue. Black Ghost didn't wipe out the Zathanians. Ivan, Jet, Francois, G. Jr., Joe, and Helen are now their hypnotized slaves. The second group fares no better. Black Ghost follows them down, and the robot with a gun to Gilmore's head is enough to make everyone else surrender. All save a lucky Albert who darts off with Vina in tow. So the, the funny thing is, this is where, um, like, it seems uh, Helena has uh, taken a shine on Joe uh, because he's so kind because that's his one attribute. Huh. And, uh, um, yeah, he's basically a kindness elemental. Uh, and uh, Francois is, like, getting jealous of it. And the thing is, I, what I'm surprised is that Jet just goes up to her, sees that she's kind of being mopey about it, and says, like, what, you're being jealous about this now? Like, is that really your concern? And she gets mad at him. So, like, I'm glad they called it out because they were at least, like, hinting towards it. It so, doesn't matter at all, though. There's some irony to that because one of the major changes they make at the very end of all this is cutting her feelings for Joe down some. Oh, really? I'll get there when we arrive at the end. Okay. Well, let's fucking get there because I spent half this episode on my phone. Ah, great podcasting tools. Uh-huh. Uh, the rest of the episode I'm is... I'm watching the episode. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, with you, I can never tell if you're doing that while we record. It wouldn't be the first time you were playing, like, Hearthstone or something. I was something about to say, Mr. We I used to play Hearthstone during BNS. Well, look, sometimes you guys won't shut the fuck up about really boring shit. <laughs> Says the Hearthstone player. I don't play Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah, probably because uh, they revamped the fucking grind. Oh, no, it was at the, the Blitz Chung thing where they uh, stole money from their workers that they had already paid them. All right, I will give you credit for that. However, I will also big dick you and say I haven't paid them a single dime since Warcraft 3 Vanilla. What's your excuse? Oh, Hearthstone was the only money I paid them. I guess I, pay, I, guess I bought Diablo 3, which was pretty good. I've never played a Diablo. It's after fun. one. You're not missing anything. I know, that's why I haven't played one after one. <laughs> Anyhow, the rest of the episode is just set up for what's going to come in the finale. Albert and Vina stumble upon the hypnotized cyborgs, who are being sent to Yomi to cause chaos and make the Zathanians' reconquest easier. The reunion goes poorly, with 009 shooting at Albert as we cut away. Meanwhile, in the city, the prisoners are led past all of the Pois crowds. Voight tells them an old friend is waiting... And inside the temple, past the mostly constructed demon, there is indeed a familiar face. A rebuilt skull is only too happy to mock their captivity as we cut to black. Yeah, so that takes us to episode 47, The Demon Released. The uh, Albert-Joe fight is incredibly one-sided with Joe not even taking a scratch. Uh, still, Albert puts up enough of a fight to not go down before hiding. And uh, so the brainwashed bots continue on, figuring they could be dealt with later. Albert remarks that uh, Joe's compassion has been a break on his abilities the whole time, uh, which is a pretty <laughs> brutal thing to say. On a couple of levels. Yeah. Uh, he he did make the point that uh, there was a robot 
Well, here's the weird thing. He shoots this thing that looks like a robot dinosaur, like partially roboticized dinosaur. Right? Like It's one of thing... the weird electric bulls that they will unleash in the Coliseum later. Okay. So it might be completely mechanical. Anyway, Joe Joe blows that thing up in the middle of the fight, and like Albert thinks, oh, uh, maybe he thought that was a bigger threat, or, you know... Vina thinks maybe it's that uh, you know he was holding back, and Albert's like, no, he he actually hit me in the arm, like he actually tried to shoot at me. Yup. Uh, meanwhile, the captive team are told that they will be publicly executed tomorrow. I don't know how they know when tomorrow is. Uh, <laughs> breakouts uh, attempts fail because uh, they have these handcuffs that are like, I don't know what they're like balloons, they're kind of yeah. gooey. Uh, and GB even tries to morph out of his shape in order to get out from them, and they don't work. And I don't know how that happens at all. But uh, yeah. super science, who cares? Uh, Skull and Van Voigt are chatting with one another. Uh, the cyborgs are Voigt's to do with as he likes, but Skull wants to focus on the surface world. And this is where they lay out their mega evil plot, which is incredibly dumb. <laughs> and revolves around nanotechnology. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, nanomachines. Yep. Because these um because they release these uh creatures out that have the ultrasonic waves that destroy everything, uh Black Ghost sold anti-ultrasonic wave devices to every country in the world that is you know, which are secretly actually ICBMs. And what's going to happen is they're going to uh press a button and all of a sudden one of the countries is going to shoot a missile at another country, and and then it's mutually assured destruction, which leads to World War Three. Well, no, the missiles are all going to fire by themselves, causing everyone to retaliate. It's not that someone is going to blink. Yeah. Oh, I thought. I mean, yeah, I know. It's like it's going to be a chain reaction. Is yeah. basically the gist. It's just uh, important it's that Black Ghost is pushing the domino, not someone else. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. They they were going to launch the first one anyway. Um, which. Honestly, works against the main theme of the show. <laughs> to be fair, uh, Skull has kind of broken from the group at this point. The group being... Yeah, yeah the Black group Ghost. that we just find out about, which is a bunch of Krangs. Uh-huh. Mother yep. brains. So, and baby uh, brain. And, and baby brain. I really hate that child VA they give one of the brains. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Um, it's kind of like Phil... Yeah. Uh, so Skull says all they have to do is wait. Said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do it anyway. Uh, Skull, <laughs> tell him I said. I'm going it. to. I'm doing it right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, yep. uh, so Skull says um, all they have to do is wait for the uh, demon to be ready. Joe single-handedly takes out a troop of foie workers, then hijacks a boat for his team. Black Ghost drones see them and attack the vehicle. Before it goes up in flames, a frequency awakens them all, and Albert and Vina watch the craft explode. The Black Ghost robots surround them, and rather than kill them, they spit out prisoner-esque balloon prisons to capture the duo so a jet can scoop them up. Before they arrive, though... Traitor sister Daphne decides she'll try to make up for her failings and goes to break the cyborg prisoners out. She succeeds in her goal, but trying to sneak back in, Van Void is waiting for her with her siblings captive instead. Shortly after, he has Vina and Albert as well. Everyone else is free, but he uses the sisters to lure the remaining cyborgs in with a message. 
I've got your friend in the Colosseum where he's about to be executed. Come and find me. I do like that they basically Ultraman Albert up onto this cross. <laughs> yeah, we finally... Wait, is, is this our first crucifixion this season? Yes. There we go. Albert and Vina hold out with him trying to reassure her that there's still hope and he uses a <laughs> knee missile to kill the robot said to slay them. Like, why did they not just chain his feet also? That only happens because they were very lazy. <clears throat> uh, this is where Van Voigt reveals, okay, but I didn't only make the one, and then a bunch of them start coming out of the arena. The prison break cyborgs arrive first to back him up, and Joe goes on ahead. In his solo run to the arena, Joe goes over his memories of being brainwashed. I liked fighting. I was looking for more. And uh, at this point, the chaos in the Colosseum is starting to throw off quite a bit of smoke. So the Zathanians go, oh, cool. Our pawns have started. Everyone attack. The sky is suddenly full of lizard men and robot drones until Skull decides there's no more use waiting any longer. And he climbs inside the demon statue. And and during the scene, Vina, like, insists that Albert uh, give her his, his real name and after like a long time saying why do you care yeah we're not about uh, to die yeah we're about to die this is not the time uh he, he no no, no. Anyway. he's the one saying we're not about to die what does it matter oh. Oh, okay but anyway he he does give her his <laughs> name uh and you know they i mean clearly they they're setting an arc with these two characters uh at least since uh at least since he decided to save her you know when jumping in the water so the statue hurls, hurls itself into the sky and our heroes are warned by Helen slash Vina to take cover immediately. And within seconds, the sky lights up and the statue lets out <clears throat> a horrible sound and every single Sithanian is evaporated and the surrounding earth, the entire Empire Yomi is melted into slag far into the distance. It, basically like an enormous like supernova. Uh, from the mouth of the statue, a floating platform emerges. Uh, Van Voigt has the sisters and Gilmore um, in his reach. He's got his gun out. And he offers the cyborgs a deal. Uh, you're our old man for the treacherous twins. Uh, the woman that, make that the... platform is very goofy. It is kind of, super silly. And looking. as a weird animation error, it vanishes next episode. Also, it's completely it reused. Does, yeah. It's exactly the same thing that the animal doctors had on Monster Island. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, everything here is basically made out of reused assets fun that way they can spend more money on the cool stuff like the lizard people and attacking and being melted yeah yeah they're yeah, at this... least they're cutting less corners than you would expect but also we'll get there in a second mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah th this is the point where you know when he's questioned why would you make this deal and he's like well I want all my cute assistants with me <laughs> and it's he uh the women then make their choice and they decide to go through with the deal. Uh, Vina and Helena climb up to their siblings uh, and Gilmore um, goes back to the other group and says, you know, well, we're, we're going to try to save you. And then when all the sisters are re reunited, uh, Voight uh, takes his uh, ray gun and fires in a circle around him, uh, basically saying, oh, I finally got them all together. I'm going to kill all of you traitors. And the last thing we see is Albert screaming Vina's name as her eyes close. He wanted the other ones because he decided he's going to convert to Judaism, so he needs the extra food for Blood Libel also. Ooh. So... I know that works. <laughs> Don't worry about it. 
are you well actually are you well actually him about anti-semitic stereotypes i mean look if you're gonna know what it is you better do it right i'm just repeating exactly what you said (laughs) Um, (sighs) so remember if you somehow followed this to 1 a.m. on Cartoon Network in 2004, this is the last episode that aired. What? Uh, yes, they stopped <laughs> right here. Incredible. The version we've seen is the corrected one from Japanese DVD releases, which pulls in fixed animation from the clip show that we don't have that ran the next week. This clip show actually screwed up the run of the series to the point that they had to jam two episodes together on the final slot that it had for the year because they couldn't go an extra week. I'm very uncomfortable with the phrase poire worker facial features. Yeah, despite this being cleaned up, there are a few cheats and errors in it. Uh, I was I left a note here saying, did you find the shot where Vina has human eyes instead of the blank no scalera ones? Because it's in there. No, I did not notice that. But we did get the censored cut of this episode because the execution scene shows more than just lightning passing over the women and Voight double taps Vina specifically. When you cut to the cyborg's faces and Albert screaming, that was an edit made to remove the more violent stuff. Keep an eye out in episode 48 because they use the more brutal version in a montage. Oops. Yep. And that takes us into episode 48, the end of the television run, When You Wish Upon a Shooting Star. I'm free. No, you're not. We've got another week of this. (laughs) I know. Uh When we pick up... (laughs) Just, yes, honey, but with my face on it. (laughs) (laughs) I had to to make a stupid JRPG meme about the did you ask everyone for consent last night? And it ended up putting a fucking cat over Jesus. JRPGs are weird. Yep. So when we pick up, the sisters are dying, but not yet dead as Helen sabotages Voight's aim by lunging for his legs. And the trio of siblings try in vain to crawl towards each other. Vina dies in Albert's arms as Joe charges the Black Ghost Mastermind, and the rest of the crew simply show some kindness for the women, moving them together in death. Albert starts trying to get in on the action because he is just as pissed as Joe, but he's at a disadvantage while the two accelerated cyborgs battle around the cavern faster than he can see. For what it's worth, decent action scene, and Joe is holding his own, he rips Voight's arm off in the middle of this, but the newer model has him beat on raw power. The tiebreaker comes in the form of Albert, who closes his eyes, aims his hand, and waits before we see a shot go off. Van Voigt decelerates and collapses to his death, and Joe comes to a stop beside him. When he asks how he figured it out, he just says, I'm used to hearing the sound of you running, so I just aimed at the one that didn't sound that way. Didn't need that. Didn't need that. It was cooler without it. I, know. I mean, we, we already knew what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is such a... We like, could just assume you figured death. it out right after they fought the last episode. Fuck you. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah, like, Van, Van Voigt dying like this is so anticlimactic, which I get it. There's a bigger climax coming, but, like, it just felt like he got punked real hard. Wait until we're done recording, at least. 
What, the climax? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks. I promise you I have never jerked off on our recordings. Have I jerked on off? On our recordings. I don't think I have. I don't remember, though. Probably <laughs> the fact you have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I do really like that memory. you did have to consider for a minute. <laughs> Would I have? Maybe on the show with Ryan. I like to be really honest. Look. <laughs> Patreon bonus content. <laughs> My favorite. Your Kickstarter sucks. One of the podcast hosts just posted a picture of their feet. And then the episode that came out last week is like several people unpledged from us because of this. <laughs> <laughs> you know i out of everyone on pitch drop i didn't think that it'd be chris taylor who'd pull a jeffrey tubin <clears throat> oh he Look, pulled something all right you could hide a lot of things behind a lap desk uh this is true it's the tucking your dick into your waistband of laptops Everybody is mourning the quintet when suddenly from the ruins the demon statue pulls itself back up yeah, well, we've been calling it a statue, but it, it it's a robot. It's a well, big robot. This is the first time it moves. Even when it flew into the air, it was stock still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true, because it opens its mouth to let the thing out. I guess. Skull Either Glo- way, it was in a pose that did nothing. Check this out. I don't give a shit what we call it. Uh, yeah. Skull gloats <laughs> from his robot, revealing to the cyborg... And apparently neither did Fletcher. Skull gloats from his <laughs> robot, revealing to the cyborgs that none of this victory matters. Van Voigt's ultrasonic protection weapons are simply disguised ICBMs that he can set off from space. You probably do that from here, too. Uh, no matter who no sees signal. the device reveal their purposes... Uh-huh. All anyone in charge will see are missiles firing in their direction, and the retaliation will be instant. Skull has clearly come back wrong, because this is no longer we desire conflict for capital. This is simply I will scour the earth of life. He tries to turn the ultrasonic weapon on our cast, but Ivan wakes up in time to shield them. Big jerk-off motion. Not caring about this, Skull simply bids them death and launches himself towards the surface. Then Francois, with her super hearing, detects a plutonium bomb underneath them, set to collapse the Yomi Empire in 30 seconds, which your super hearing also lets her detect. She grabs hold of Joe. (laughs) It's Ivan, who simply tells Joe, I need you, I need your help. And Joe nods. Uh, Ivan knocks him out and then teleports him out of 003's arms. Which is hilariously cruel. Very good. I know, and like like he fades in the distance. It isn't like he just warps out, too. It's just a slow fade as he's smiling at her. It's very funny. Uh, Yes. The rest of the cyborgs also collapse and we see them vanish. And all we watch underground are the bodies of the sisters sliding into magma, mythos style. Because why not reuse everything? In the center of the ocean, a massive hole forms, then bursts upward with the force of the blast, and the demon rides the pillar of explosion into the sky. So Skull laughs to himself, saying everything is going according to plan. Uh, did, it, does, does he actually say Keikaku? Like, I was listening for it, and I thought I heard it. The Skull yep. Nani is so good. <laughs> Again, we have... Um... Oh my god, I can't think of the voice actor's name. Skull's voice actor is one of the craziest. Yeah, the guy we talked actors. about a ton of times. Yeah, yeah, I just can't yeah. remember his name, and it's killing me, and I'm going to let this go. Let's not like him so uh-huh. much. Uh huh. Speaking of voices, a voice comes and stops Skull, telling him, Not yet, uh, there is an intruder. On board the robot slash statue, 
Joe pulls himself awake, unaware of where he is or what Ivan's actual gambit is. Down below, the cyborgs reappear in the raging ocean where Ivan says they'll have to leap again uh, because more of the blast is coming. And Francois only manages to realize that Joe isn't uh, with them before she's out again and they blink. Um, aboard the statue, cyborg men attack Joe, but he wins handily, realizing that they're holding back uh, for fear of damaging the machine. Uh, they were using like electrified knives instead of their guns. Uh, so he makes his way to the engine room where... Skull shows up, knocks his ray gun out of his hand, and the mad cyborg has been upgraded since their last final fight. Uh, he, looks, <laughs> he looks cooler. A, their last <laughs> final fight is a great way to describe it. I mean, that's kind of what it was. I know. It's just I didn't have that in the notes, and I love your editorial. <laughs> that was completely accidental. Uh but anyway, uh, yeah, so he, he's battering uh, 009 uh, through the structure of the ship, uh, showing him the, the true face of Black Ghost, which is a trio of brains in jars that are floating above in a giant room, uh, and they are telepathic because they talk. Uh-huh. And uh, Skull says, uh, this is the face of humanity, the shape of evil. Uh, Joe replies, the shape of evil? Because, of course. Uh, and Skull says, okay, enough answers, die. I love that his line is verbatim, that's enough answers for you, perish. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, to be honest, in most anime, they would have taken, like, two minutes. I mean, this, this is like uh, Volgan just taking his time to read the Milsha Charter. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But they, they say, fuck it, we're not doing that. Isn't Volgan the guy from Metal Gear Solid 3? Wait, shit, who am I thinking? Virgil! Got the guy from Xenosaga, Virgil. It was a V, whatever, you know what? It, you know what? Could you really tell the difference? I couldn't, yes. actually. <laughs> <laughs> they both would have done that. You said Vulgan, and I immediately knew the character you meant. <laughs> what about uh, well, dicks and the other one Xenosaga poisoned. Well, I guess they both eat flesh. Yeah, they do both eat flesh. Sick and are covered in scars. Sick joke about dick sucking. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I definitely believe Volgan ate a guy. Yeah, that's uh, what yeah. I was talking about. <laughs> Does Vulcan eat ass? A question for the Metal Gear Solid Reddit. Anyway, this fight is pretty good, and it's clearly where all the budget went on this episode. Vulcan does jo- eat ass. Yeah, definitely. Joe beheads Skull, but the body rises up and continues the assault because he goes, I'm a cyborg. Why should my brain be in my head, idiot? I mean, true. Yeah. You can kind of see it on his chest, actually. Yeah, this is where he reveals it inside uh, part of his chest. It's in a glass jar, but it's that does pay off pretty well. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Um, The fight finally turns and Joe kicks Skull's head in front of a fatal blast. Okay, the way it happens is so fucking stupid. Okay, so first he starts spitting acid, which is dumb. This is before he loses his head. Then he grows like giant sword arms, which is cool until he gets them stuck in a wall and Joe kicks his body off of them, which is funny and cool, Uh but also extremely goofy when you see his arms just dangling off the end. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then he kicks Skull's head at him as he shoots a laser and then it explodes. Like, why do you have a bomb in your head, my guy? I think it's just taking the force of the blast. Yeah. 
it, it's it's weird it's a weird shot it's well animated and it's cool but it's extremely yeah. goofy that like the big the big moment is just some shaolin soccer happening uh-huh. <laughs> i mean to be fair if more films or anime ended like shaolin soccer wouldn't that be pretty fun I'm gonna watch Shaolin Soccer again later. That movie. I know, right? Ass. Now you've made me go. Shit, that's a really good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it, bro. It's we fun. should watch. We should watch Shaolin Soccer. Yeah, it's fun. Patreon bonus. Yeah, yeah, instead of anything relevant to the show, let's just watch Shaolin Soccer. <laughs> look, look, it's our network. We can do whatever the fuck. We I like want. how we've thrown out five different ideas throughout this season. <laughs> no, maybe we'll do zero zero nine versus Devilman. No, it's Wait. Ghost in the Shell. No, it's Shaolin Soccer now. Screw it. it. Here we go. Second. We're going to watch Ghost in the Shell 2, Devilman vs. Cyborg 009, and Shaolin Soccer. All right, I'm in. Boom. Nailed it. I'm the best. Cool. We got three Chris wins. Fatality. Should, should, should I watch any Devilman before watching Devilman vs. No, 009? it's even funnier that way. You should, awesome. watch the, you should watch the Netflix one. Yeah, you should watch Crybaby sometime, but you don't have to before we do the OVA. Gotcha. It'll, it'll take you two hours. Watch it. Okay. Um, it will be completely a different canon from what's in that OVA, so that's why I would say do it after. I'll watch it anyway, eventually. Yep. There you go. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I will recommend it. The reason you should have said now is because Matt will never watch it because he's busy watching <laughs> Magical Girls somehow. Dude, I watch Magical Girls regularly. <laughs> Look, I, I'm current on Ruby. I have to wait a week now to see episodes. Uh-huh. I thought Holy. the season ended. That's why everyone was jizzing their pants last night. He's just like watching everything oh, no. and it looks like shit all the time. It looks so much better now than it used to. It's yeah, because the one incredible. guy died, and they were able to hire real animators. Thank God! <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Tell me I'm Harsh. wrong. I mean, the guy did die. <laughs> Maybe Genlock will look good finally. That I should completely like it. I was I was considering watching that too. That's on my to watch list. It's really good. Yeah, it sounded good when uh, when the Waypoints people covered it. Well, fuck you. It was good before then. Well, that was, I didn't know. That's how I'm I knew it was good. To a Waypoint podcast about anything. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, uh, the fight really goes south for Skull when he's about to fire another death blow laser off, but the jars shoot him down because you idiot, your recklessness nearly damaged us. How dare you not think of our safety and your passion? And the three of them bring laser tentacles down to bear on him, so we watch Skull's brain pop in a shower of gore inside his chest. It's gnarly and yeah. great. Uh, it's like killing Mecha Hitler. Yeah, it's. Uh-huh. I almost wrote down that it's very Bionic Commando here, but I thought uh, I will be called a boomer for that reference actually, because you know Chris what? won't have played it. Well, actually, it's, uh, it's... you are a boomer for that because I know you're talking about the original one and not the very good rearmed remake. So eat shit, boomer. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I would definitely I was... not throw down rearmed. Hell, did you know about the Mike Patton one where he can fuck it? Because that's a thing, too. Hell yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the one where it's his wife? That game kicks ass! Yeah, Wife Arm Bionic Commando plays really well, actually. Mm. I got so excited I did the clap and then do the Y pose again that I always do. That's what I do when I get really excited. <laughs> Chris, all you're revealing to me is that you are an MMO player in real life. What? Oops, I hit my emote key instead of my usual rotation. Who has an emote key? Fucking sickos. <laughs> says yeah. the man who just went i y posed like i always do well that's what i do when i'm very excited i clap over my head and then hold my arms out and then like wiggle at the torso a little bit like an mmo character oh, this is a hell of an image okay yeah. <laughs> i do it all, all right. the time 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know what the, the, the brain exploding reminded me of, actually, was uh, Koaro's head in uh, Rebuild 3? Also probably a good comparison. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we see a yeah. similar shower of gore inside a container. Yep. But we cut back to the cyborgs uh, in the ocean, and Ivan has finally told everyone what happened to Joe. Uh, Francois is remarkably pissed. Everyone else is just kind of downbeat, but they're like, why did you only send one person? And he goes, I wanted the sacrifices to be minimal. So everyone's like, mm-hmm. wait, you sent him on a suicide mission? And it's like, yeah, you know, I can't do anything now. He's in space. I can't teleport anyone up there. Francois is devastated and jet is way too stubborn to die says he's not giving up yet and he just starts streaking off towards the heavens okay now imagine the rest of the episode from this point where i need a hero is playing in the background i know right (laughs) Mm -hmm. the last thing anyone is going to hear jet say alive is i won't let him die alone (laughs) well he's that's exactly what happens yep (laughs) uh so the final bar- battle is barely fought with weapons uh, aboard the demon. Uh, it's a fight of ideology. Uh, the black ghost brains uh, You're claims welcome, that Chris. they cannot. <laughs> uh, the, the, the black ghost um, brain trust uh, claims that they cannot die. Hey, uh, humans. <laughs> what? Brain trust. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so the heritage foundation claim they cannot die uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah humans are born evil they do not need to be taught to fight conflict is innate which isn't really what they mean by black ghost is immortal actually it just means that the, the impulse that created black ghost is immortal yep whatever that not important it's a dumb argument um on earth the uh, all the Shields have uh, turned into their missile form, uh, even if Joe should kill them, and uh, they are convinced of their invincibility uh, behind a uh, big electro- uh, electromagnetic force field. Like, he tries to shoot them and it doesn't work. Uh, the Black Ghost organization cannot be slain. They are merely cells of a whole beast, and Joe disagrees um, and shoots their uh, their life support console, which should have been the first thing he shot. <laughs> They really should have put that behind the force field, but yeah. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, I I guess that would have made a lot of sense to do that. But then how do you turn it off? I guess you don't need to turn it off. Yeah, in theory, they're not supposed to. (laughs) Well, I mean, what happens if one of their feeding tubes breaks? You know, what what are you supposed to do? You can't get the other two laugh for a week. Yeah, and then the other one dies. Yeah, I would totally believe that. That's totally Uh, Black Ghost. uh, (laughs) He totally would do that. Um yeah, because like Joe is like trying to blow up random stuff to try to get to them, and he doesn't blow up the one he's supposed to until the very end, of course, because drama. Um, it's not like it yeah, says so, life support console on it. My man just shooting basically randomly. Uh-huh. To be fair, Joe is not a scientist. How is he going to know which one of these machines is life support? Just take that and series take of Joe out. shooting consoles and overlay. I fucking hate computers. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's still easily the best thing out of that entire game. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> What's Prototype that from? 2, if anyone doesn't know. Oh, okay. I will link that in the show notes. It's they ain't no see. fucking alt key. There's a triangle and a squiggly line. I'm at the computer. What do I press? 
first, you need I'm to... I'm pressing the red button. Shit. Now the screen's all fucked up. Shit's broken. Okay, press the alternate key. A-L-T alternate... Alt? There's no fucking alt. I got a fucking squiggly line key. I got a fucking key with a triangle on it. What the fuck kind of keyboard is this anyway? Well, James, calm down. There should be a button with a blue square on it. Okay. That's more like it. Bringing up the personnel database. All right. Got the location. Don't forget to log off. Yeah, yeah. Terminal 4 is currently logged on with no personnel present. Please return to your station and commence proper logout procedure. Fuck off. I hate computers. I, Chris and I both love this sequence. It's so stupid and so accurate. Uh, anyway, Joe's uh, still fighting the Black Ghost brains. Um, so, yeah, he says if they're merely cells of a larger being, so is he. He claims that he is just as immortal as they are because if he dies stopping them, his friends and everybody, everyone of the same mind uh, would uh, will end uh, Black Ghost's plans in the future no matter the cost. And if he can pay it, pay the cost, others will too. Uh, the brains are all immolated in the explosion of the demon while Joe is vented out to space uh, by one of the blasts. And as he's floating out there, Jet manages to find him and uh, grabs him by the hand. But it's uh, no use. Every last bit of his fuel was spent reaching Joe, which I don't think that would matter, right? Unless he's using his jets to, like, slow them down going into yeah, the, the atmosphere. Yeah, the jets could have possibly let them possibly. descend safely. Possibly. Um, but, yeah, and all he did was uh, to make sure that his friend didn't die alone as uh, gravity pulls them into the atmosphere and they start to uh, burn up. I like how the... Uh, hit <laughs> Jet's nose is the uh, is the point here. It's yep. very good. Uh huh. Um, R.I.P. That and, kid uh, who will never learn to knife fight. <laughs> um, he's gonna have to learn it on his own. In the post-apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a nice bit where uh, Jet asks uh, Joe, "Hey, where do you want to fly over? Or yeah, where do you want to land?" He starts trying to aim their body at a continent. <laughs> um. So Francois, uh, in a final bit of cruelty, uh, Francois, with her extra senses, is the only one who uh, recognizes that they that they burnt up and have died, and she screams. Uh, we cut to a scene at the top of a building in a city. Uh, there's a an older, well, you say like a young woman and uh, her kid brother. Uh, they see a shooting star, which is obviously Joe and Jet. She asks her brother, uh, what did you wish for? And the brother says, oh, I want a toy ray gun, <laughs> which, of course. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she says that her wish was for world peace. And that's it. We cut into the sky and nothing else is said. That's credits on Cyborg 009, the Cyborg Soldier. Fucking garbage. <laughs> what Just... a bad ending. It definitely is like... For one thing, it the thing that keeps like surprising me about this show as it goes on is just how much it ex kind of explodes the lore of this world. Because, you know, it's not just, oh, hey, by the way, there are Greek gods. Oh, just kidding. It's just super science uh, cyborgs. Oh, hey, by the way, there's aliens. Oh, that's weird. Oh, by the way, there is this entire, like, you know, 
earth under the earth that has humans, but also has talking lizard men and then also have ultrasonic wave creatures. And then also black ghost is there too, of course. And it's like everything just kind of, it feels like it's exploding. <laughs> like not just literally. Uh, and then it just ends with a, well, I, I guess he sacrificed himself and black ghost is dead. Question mark. So the finale of this story with Joe and Jet burning up in the atmosphere and the siblings dueling wishes was the original ending for the manga when Ishinomori tried to finish it himself. It got canceled once at Mythos, it came back, and this was how he wrapped that second run. Fan backlash was massive. The editors and staff of the magazine said they were on board with his choice to do that, they were really surprised that people were so upset given the content of the story and that they thought, well, no, that's that's how it has to end. So later that year, in an entirely new magazine, the story continued, retconning in that Joe and Jet survived, incredibly damaged, but Gilmore was able to bring them back to functionality some time later. Ishinomori would never recant this choice, but one of his editors from this period just shy of called him a pussy for the move years later. <laughs> and for what it's worth, the next run of the series would introduce a mass of the plots that Cyborg Soldier Season 2 adapted. Monster Island, which turned into a few things, with remnants of Black Ghost playing havoc on the world. Immigration, the time traveler story we mentioned last week. And some of the one-shots like Frozen Time or Chang Struggling Restaurant were in this run. But... This is also where the incredibly cursed new intended ending for the series debuted, and we'll cover that next time as we close this season of our podcast. Did you watch the next time on for this one? I did. It basically same. says, here's some shit we found in this guy's house. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, they did say that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next time, we'll be back with a whole lot of me getting angry as we cover the three-episode God's War prologue OVA, but do you guys have any thoughts on the TV show as a whole? I made a fun game we could play. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Where we play which of these episodes would we delete? Uh, (laughs) alright. Okay. This is my new favorite game. We started it on the JoJo's podcast because, spoilers, you would delete half of both seasons of part three. Um, That's true. Uh-huh. All right, episode one, The Birth. An ordinary boy awakes in a mysterious laboratory and has superpowers and escapes to find others like him. You keep it. I'm going to uh, be honest. I'll throw out, I keep everything through the Assassin's Arc up to the end of 13. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Um, Let's see. Well, let's just see. Here's what Chris Taylor kept. We keep the, we keep the birth, the escape, where they go to destroy the base in episode two. Um, episode three is defeat the invisible opponent, um, where we have Gilmore get captured at the beginning of this episode instead of at the, uh, haunted mansion episode. Okay. Uh, and then this is just the giant invisible robot arc that we keep. Uh, then we go into the land of reunions, which is the Vietnam arc. Uh-huh. Then we go to breaking in and the final battle and black ghost dies in episode eight. Uh, <laughs> then we have the mythos arc for uh four episodes up to 12 we keep gilmore's notes uh because we cut a bunch of shit that's actually in here now so we get additional character development in this episode and it ties into the um mutants arc okay uh, we keep mm-hmm. fr- we keep frozen land 
Inferovirus, um, just as demonstrations that there are large-scale Black Ghost-style operations still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, those are probably the best two of those that stand by themselves. Uh, we keep right. Black Ghost, uh, Gilmore creating the Zero Zero series. We keep the Mutant Warriors arc. Uh, and then we go directly into the Underground Yomi arc, and we end at 26 episodes. Okay, so basically you liked most of the major arcs. You just kind of want a streamlined, no filler, well, no... yeah, because at this point, you keep... It is just strictly, here is an anti-war television show instead of a television show that is like, just, hey, did you know radical positions exist? And that waters winds up watering down what I think is the actual message of the show. All right. And I so, mean, the funny thing is that, like, you know, almost every character here gets a background i think i guess every single one of them more or less gets like an episode to their background and their origin but like how much which i guess is like you want to know things about your characters or else you don't kind of understand what motivates them properly but, but at the same time job. it doesn't matter yeah it so, does a, it does a bad job it doesn't matter to who they are at all and that's why i'm like gilmore's notes is enough background development for this plus the other one here's my pitch you do this as a three core series instead of four we go up to 39 episodes instead of 26. And we pepper in after Skull's first death and to give time to breathe. We do more of the one shots in there where everyone tries to have a normal life before the upheaval. Yeah, my first my first pass was about 33 along those lines. Okay, then yeah, it sounds like we're on the same page there. Because yeah, I think you need a little bit of space to breathe with the one shots, and you can do some character stories there. But I don't, I don't think they add anything, and I think they just kind of detract. Like I think they're good episodes, but I don't think they add to the thematic message that the show is trying to be about, which is why I, I mean, made another I, pass. I think like the the dealing with the aftermath of Black Ghost supposedly you know, going like <laughs> I was gonna say going underground. Uh, yeah. <laughs> unintentional uh but uh -huh. yeah like the whole bit of like if if you had like their character backgrounds and then after they win they lose their purpose as machines and now they have to wrestle with who they were and what they were doing and now they don't have either of those things they're not the people they were and they're not fighting for anything anymore like really wrestling with that and it seems like they they faint towards doing that but they don't really follow that through and like give those characters growth to sort of find themselves I mean, other than, I guess, Chang, who starts a restaurant again, because that's just what he likes to do. Yeah. I'm going to throw this question out to the two of you. Who do you think gets the most development out of the main nine? Because I think... I was going to say, it's either Chang or Francois, and that's not the answer I expected. I mean, I guess... Chang doesn't have any development. He has a restaurant. He doesn't learn anything. He doesn't grow as a person. I mean, But he's the only one we cut to during other people's arcs running his business and doing things. Well, sure. He has content, but he doesn't have character development. He just yeah, has he, he's pretty about one him. note. Yeah, mm -hmm. like I don't think like looking at like when you first meet him and how he behaves when you meet him later uh, like has that changed much. You know, you know who does have some development is uh, I, I, <laughs> well we, we, we skipped the bit where uh, Jet uh, praised to God for the first time. Yes. There's a lot of atheists finding God in this show. Except Chang is the shitty atheist, not Joe Jet. No, well G GB is too. Like he GB also like 
does like a, a prayer no, GB, thing at one point, GB right? did the religious rites, right? Like GB explicitly said, like, there's nothing wrong with believing in a higher power and Chang was the one that dunked on him. Also, you did remind me of the thing that I mentioned, which they changed uh, when I said they neutered some of the Joe Francois stuff. It's when Francois discovers that Joe is about to die in space that... Uh, Jet straight up tells her, so you, you do love him, huh? And she finally confesses that for the first time. And they change that to just, she's silent and in tears, and Albert just kind of, like, hugs her in the ocean. You could also make this better by, like, cutting a bunch of characters. Right? Like, G hmm. Jr. doesn't need to exist. Like, Puma could just also be strong, and the show I'm, would be the same. I mean, the thing with G Jr. is he's... He's the guy who always backs up Joe's take that humans are inherently good or capable of good. And he, usually what happens is when they're downing, like, you know, it happened in the mutants arc too, where, where he goes, yeah, I believe that things will be better. And everyone goes, yeah, let's believe the big but guy. But Punma could do that because Punma believes oh, sure. that. Yeah. Right. And I... like, same thing with like Chang, like what is, or GB, they don't really add anything other than being goofy. But I think you need someone in this cast who's not just a horrible ball of hurt all the time, and they do help with that. Yeah, Jet, but, like, Jet is kind of, like, could be funny. Like, Jet is very funny, just not overtly comic. Or intentionally. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's a different style of humor, right? Like, Jet is funny, but he's very dry. Yeah. (laughs) I, I see what you're saying. I think... That if I ignore the like if I ignore this and I treat it as an adaptation, not you need all of it, I could definitely see combining no more than two characters. Mm-hmm. Bring it down to seven, but I don't think you can go further than that before it's just why did you call it Cyborg 009? Well at that you- at that point, like it would just be you cut Chang and G Jr. Or what you can do is you could sacrifice a character in the middle and have that be part of the motivation. You know, you could have start with nine and end up with seven. What if GB got caught and shot? <laughs> like, uh-huh. he could do it when they're uh, hanging no, out no, with no. I just, about it. I'm mostly just very amused that the one thing that has not changed since the start is you seem to hate GB. He has a good episode, but he is not a good character, is the problem. That's he fair. He's not a good character. Yeah. He's not a good fighter. He literally exists as a set, a different shitty vehicle sometimes you... to explain how a character got in this frame of animation. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. the, here's the thing. like, um, I find that when it comes to the relationship of the cyborgs to each other, the only one that seems like a believable friendship is Francois and, uh, and Joe. Like... You could kind of get a vibe, like you have an odd couple's vibe with uh, GB and Chang hanging out together all the time. Jet and Albert, but, too. Yeah, but Jet also goes off on his own, you know? Like, he, he he's not really like, hey, this is my buddy Albert, you know, we're just, you know, throwing out, doing whatever. I mean, like, there just isn't like a whole lot of relationship. <laughs> Jet, Jet and Albert's mafia trucking company. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah, that would actually be a fun mm-hmm. ride. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, like I would, I would have liked more of the characters to have like strike up actual friendships and not like, you know, comrade, you know, 
camaraderie kind of thing because it, yeah. it just seems like the only ones that really would you know if they didn't have to fight if they didn't have to see each other again like you just have you know gb would probably still be working with chang because he's got nothing better to do. look he's an actor of course he works in a restaurant yeah other than that like you know you have joe and um joe and francois living their whatever lives together and that would you know that would be it that's why everybody else would just there to do something that- else that's exactly why I think there are too many characters because they feel compelled to do the anime thing where they go around in a circle approaching all of them, but the circle is too big and it takes too long. Yeah, I I could see this being stronger if the cast was cut down some, be it by by death or by combination. I will give you that point. This adaptation is too bloated with people. It... People are bad at adapting things. Like, look at JoJo's Part Three, right? Like, well, that—that's just—that's not an adaptation. You just made the thing. Why don't you adapt it like you did the first two and make it good? Because that's the fan favorite one. That's that why that so got. Bad. That's why that didn't get remixed like the ones that nobody really has fondness for. Battle Tennessee is the best one. Yeah, but not a <laughs> lot of people feel that way. It's stands that make JoJo's what it is to a lot of fans. That's so weird to me now, because like I, I, I am still at a position where I'm still only like eight episodes into part four right now. But like, yeah, I would say in terms of just the cohesion and the character work, it is 100 percent battle tendency. You know, what, like, you know, what my favorite thing about that is, is that hmm. people do the it gets good after 20 hours. But for the bad part of the show that comes after a part that was already good. <laughs> Uh, Just wait till is very much a series that is uneven, and your tastes will inform the good part. I think it's so bad, much. I think it's a bad series. They had one good season, and that was it. It is still fun to watch sometimes. Yeah, but like, so is Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I don't need dumb magic Goku's. I could just watch Goku. Yeah, I don't know. I totally get. I think shonen itself is a genre that's basically like whichever one you find is going to set a lot of your taste. That's what I. That's why I keep not like not that I think Goku is incredible, but like Goku is the platonic ideal of the dumb shonen protagonist fight series, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It probably was the one that really solidified that trope. Even though I think My Hero Academia is the one true shonen. Someday I might watch I'll that. Try Dude, either it's... of them. It's extremely good. I say this as a person who I'm like, I don't think I like anime, actually. Like, I do not like... The, <laughs> you, you keep I saying do, this, Chris. I do not like I don't the believe medium, you. I don't like the medium of anime. Mm-hmm. But you so like the aesthetics? Me- I, I like the storytelling aesthetics. I do not necessarily like the medium. Like, it is just, it is just a medium. There can be good works in it, but... I am not one of those people. I'm never. I cannot imagine the life of a sicko who's like can't looking over like a season release schedule. So here's the thing: <laughs> I do not watch anything live anymore. I come back to them when they're done because I've seen so many things go off the rails and just shit the bed. And I also have a backlog, which helps keep me up with that. But I feel like saying. I don't like anime if you extrapolate that thought out to another thing is such a completely broke-brained way of looking at it because as you said it's a medium it's like going I don't like movie but people don't talk about 
movies that way. The way no, they, they talk don't, about but... anime. And that's what I that's what I'm responding to. Because well, people think about anime as a thing you like or you don't. And in that dichotomy, I fall under a person who does not like anime. But I that's... Mean, I mean, there's also, like, anime is connected to a whole bunch of tropes and a whole bunch of different, like, archetypes. Yeah, but that's not what I'm responding to, because I don't don't mind that. I know, but when people say say they hate anime, that's often what they mean. Well, I'm sorry that they have bad opinions, but you can dislike (laughs) anime and have a good opinion Uh, about it. Just like the time time, uh, someone, I'm not going to say who it is, someone in Duckfeed Slack basically said that, like, Everyone was hyping up Ava, and then it just turned out to be all about boobs and butts. And I'm like, what show did these people watch? Like, no, that is that not way. Ava at all. It's incredible to me. It's it's such a, like, rounding down to zero on purpose. Yeah. Even I, who have probably imbued or imbibed so much more of the fan service content in that franchise than the two of you, couldn't round it down to that. I mean, I... I also read all of uh, the Akari Racing Project, Fletch, because it yeah, was free. Yeah, but you haven't read the other spinoffs like I have, or played a couple of the VNs, or... No, I'm definitely not going to do that, because it's not worth my time. You? But even so, you motherfucker, I... shit. <laughs> you know, if I was to describe one character trait that I thought defined you, it would be a complete disrespect for the value of your time. <laughs> I, I am a completionist, is no, thing. I you do have know, a completionist streak. You can't say that on any podcast I'm on because Matt's the one who's like, eh, I'll casually play through Xenosaga, so if I come back on a later season, I'm caught up. Whereas I'm the one uh-huh. who went, I must do everything. I must research all seven cuts of End of Ava. I'm a, no, you can't yeah. say Matt disrespects his time when I'm standing <laughs> right here. So I also, also, this is coming from the guy who played a 300-hour MMO that's like, what if I started this over and made a podcast about it? Yeah, but you're monetizing that. What's my excuse? Well, what, you, you don't have ads on a Hellscaper? Nope. <laughs> that's why I have a Patreon. Well, at least you have a Patreon. Yeah, I don't think Cyborg 009 is even an interesting failure. I think it's just like, there's an okay anime trapped inside of a large body. It it definitely seems, I I see it like the same way I saw Ideon, which is it's an interesting historical artifact, so to speak. It's not that old. Okay, so. Well, this version isn't. I'm going to throw this out before you toss that. What? Cat. That's my cat. Oh, okay. His Christmas cat's ornaments. His Got cat it. is yeah. named Buddy. What if I told you cats love ball-shaped ornaments hang- hanging on trees? Uh, I'm aware I've had cats and Christmas trees for longer than your kid's been alive. Anyhow, uh, I think that I would probably be harsher on this if there were any other good way to interact with this franchise in English. The... Yeah, but like, do you have to? I think there's a lot of good in this. I have a lot of fondness for the series as a whole. I've said that repeatedly. I think that a huge reason I pushed for this is that this is basically the only good version of it you can get in English because the license is in such a weird hell. Yeah, and I I think it's worth examining you know, in, because of its influence on other things and because, I mean, like, let's let's be honest, like, does the world really need another podcast about Dragon Ball Z? No, you know Ballin' I mean? Out Super has basically covered that better than we ever could. 
I mean, yeah, like, I feel like this is something that, like, it's it's oh, worth at least, like... You mean all systems Goku. All, no, I mean Ballin' Out. Goku's also fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, like, I, I feel like this is definitely something worth, like, examining and looking into. Uh, and I, I'd be curious to see, like, going forward, how much of these things that have shown up here get called forward into other things. But um, why? What do you think? Do you, do you think this is influential? What do you think it has had influence on? I mean, that's the thing. I I don't know if I've consumed enough anime to really say that. Uh, yeah, I think what he's saying is, I want to see if, now that I know about this, I see traces of it in future works. Mm. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Because like, uh, it's, apparently it's, it's easy to say, oh, Ideon was influential, but until you see it, you don't realize, holy shit, I didn't know how much of this like is in other DNA or just like how much. Yeah. Like Ava is basically Ideon with a couple of remix things and a different, uh, different lens on the characters and fun and, and fun. <laughs> it is incredibly funny to me that Hideaki Anno notoriously depressed deviant otaku is also a guy who can do some of the best lighthearted moments in animation. Yeah, funny how that happens. Well, it turns yeah. out it's easy to have that when your characters are real people. I was also just more referring to, like, the manga his wife put out about living with that madman and how weird it is that he's just, like, a grown-ass man who's richer than God on a lot of levels because he has Ava money, and what he does with it is buy, like, a $500 Ultraman figure that he'll take in the tub and ruin. Hell yeah. Yeah. Live your truth. I, I have to at least respect the guy for in no way being ashamed of, no, I'm an otaku. It's what I've made my career on, and I think that's a terrible trait in me and others, but also, I'm an otaku, and yo, look at this thing. It has lasers in its hands. Can't argue with the cool robot. Yep. I really want to see what Shin Ultraman looks like. We're going to record this next episode, but this season is over in my brain. Yeah. Uh, Monster? Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. What's that on, by the way? I don't know. Uh, Pirated. I'll probably just, like, is there a Mm -hmm. Blu-ray I can buy and then just torrent for you? I don't know if it ever got Blu-rayed. I'd have to look. I think it was... I think it was like this, just on the cusp of digital, so nothing really upscales well. You want to talk about a show with no fat to trim? Let's talk about fucking monster. I know, right? Probably um, like I probably think like two each, maybe to start. Let's yeah, let's figure that out. It's very dense, is the thing about it. Well, it's a murder mystery. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think we should start two each and then adjust from there. All right. Cool. Yeah, how many Sounds episodes is that again? Like seventy. Okay, yeah, we definitely need to adjust beyond two at some point. Well, we'll see how it goes, because these are an hour and a half, and the show has almost nothing to say about. All right, I'm just saying, if we do two, we're there for over a year. That's fine, man. All right. I think that's fine. All right. We'll figure it out. We'll be back for you guys in two weeks, where we cover God's War. So for Patreon this season, um, $1 or more. 
um, at tentacle.pro or goatsyfun.me. I don't know what the real URL is. Uh, you can, we're going to be checking out um, the second Ghost in the Shell movie. I forget what that's called. Innocence. It's the good one. Um, Cyborg 009 versus Devilman. And then the other thing we decided that I forgot. Shaolin Soccer. Yes. Yep, also, soccer. I must point this out. If you go looking for Ghost in the Shell 2 and you find Ghost in the Shell 2.0, that's not it. Look for Ghost in the Shell 2, Innocence. Shell and Soccer is on Netflix. Yes. Perfect. And so is Devilman vs. 009. What if we talked about Kung Fu Hustle instead? <laughs> you just really don't want to uh, touch that... that thing, do you? Man, how is that aged? It's well. Probably think, not great, but I want still it's on my two watch list anyway. I think Kung Fu Hustle kinda sucks. I, wow. I I I enjoyed it, but knowing that it kinda sucks, but I think Shaolin uh, Soccer is the better version. Okay. Shaolin Soccer it is. However, I also rented every single movie that got brought over at the time when they were trying to capitalize on that. Like Kung Fu Mahjong that sucked, but it has the Ooh. same uh, it has the same landlady. Isn't there a isn't there basically like Shaolin Soccer like video game series that's like going on right now? Are you talking about Captain Tsubasa or Inazuma so. Eleven? Depends which or Inazuma Eleven, yeah. But yeah, basically, sports anime is uh, Shaolin Soccer all the time. What if soccer was Blitzball? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if we watched Yalpita one day? We're we're just going to dig ourselves a horrible hole like this. What? Yalpita <laughs> is so good. I just mean if we keep throwing out all these ideas and locking ourselves into we things. We have no ideas right now. Monster was it. Oh, I thought we had already joked about a couple of other cursed series for this. Or is it just uh, LST oh, that's we for have the, all the ideas for? That's for the premium. Oh, no, no, no. LST. Well, well, we we we've flirted with the idea of uh, Darling of the Frogs as a joke, as yeah. a silly joke. No, yeah, if we really it. want to hurt, but I'd have to watch it. Is the problem? I know, I know. Uh, yeah. I kind of want you to watch it anyway, just to see see your oh, reaction to it. Not until we start getting paid for it. That's fair, <laughs> and oh, yeah. it's a Patreon only. Of course, yeah. If of we course, do Dar- you know. if, if we do Darling of the Franks, it has to be locked behind a paywall because we will say uh-huh. some abhorrent shit. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. I probably All can't right. watch that because I can only watch anime at night now when my wife is home. Ooh, yeah. You, you don't. She's not going to want to see that. Yeah. Did I tell you, fun pod story to go at the end of the pod. Did I tell you uh, my parenting horror story recently? No. Uh, the other day, my daughter gets out of bed. She has a loft bed, so we can't see her while she's in bed. And her face is just, like, covered in blood. And I look up there, I grab her pillow, and her pillow is also covered in blood. And then I have to get up on a ladder, and I can see that there's some boogers on the wall, as well as a blood smear. And I have to work backwards to deduce that what happened is my child gave herself a nosebleed while picking her nose, wiped it on the wall when it felt wet, looked at it, and then passed out from the sight of her own blood, and then we <laughs> assumed she was asleep. Nice. <laughs> wow. It's extremely funny now. Yeah, that's... Kids, man. But... It is now funny, you know, that my child's not think, freaking out because that's never happened before and thinking she's going to die. See, when I was your kid's age, I woke up on my fifth birthday 
everyone had gone somewhere because they thought I was going to sleep in because I was a child. So I jimmied past the gate on my room, got out into the house, opened my birthday present alone in an empty house, and then I just bled all over it because I also got a nosebleed for some reason that day. And so I ruined an Apple II game. Just, you know, bleeding on that. Oh, no. Yeah. I can't believe I, that Moonborn turned that around and owned me. Oh. oh. I said Red Phoenix at Matt called you a baby brain on the podcast. They said Matt called him a Chris. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we close. <laughs> Damn. Hoisted. Mm. Uh, see you next time.